This is Faisal Khan for Lights Out, proudly sponsored by Spartans Law. And this is podcast 54 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. And today with me, I've got a special guest, fellow Lutonian, undefeated professional boxer, Ali Malik. Ali Malik. Assalamu alaikum, Faisal. Wa alaikum, salam. How are you doing, brother? Alhamdulillah, bro. I'm okay. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Just trying to get over some of the action we got to see on the, the weekend in the boxing world. Um, before we get started with today's podcast, just wanted to remind the viewers out there, if they can, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for more Lights Out Boxing content. Uh, check us out on all the social media platforms links are below in the description and to listen to this podcast on all the audio platforms links again are below in the description but most importantly make sure you give Ali Malik a follow on social media we'll be sharing his social media links below in the description of this podcast Ali thank you very much for joining us today thank you for having me first man appreciate it thank listen you bro it's always good to have a fellow Lutonian here that's it yeah you Arsenal fan or United fan well, I was an Arsenal fan, but I no longer, I no longer keep up with it. Right? Okay. Well, as, as long as you're not a fourth, as long as you're not a United fan, you're more than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, there's there's quite a bit to discuss. You know, we've had we had two big world title fights on the weekend. Uh, we'll start off with what went down in in Cardiff. For me, I'm going to sum it up with probably the knockout of the year as Joe Cordina become the new world champion by knocking out Kenichi Ogawa. He's now the IBF super featherweight champion. Right. You're a boxer. Just just sum up that knockout for me. Mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing to to come away from uh, from from that fight by winning by knockout, of course, and you know at that kind of stage, at a world level stage, it's just phenomenal. You know, it's just a dream come true for any boxer, and for 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 Joe Gattino, obviously, I, I don't know him on a personal level, but what an achievement that is, and uh, you know, he should be super proud of himself. I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Joe Cordina going into the fight, being the home fighter. You know, a lot of people are saying, can he do what the likes of the Joe Calzaghe's have done? Because that's a hard enough fight to replace, being a fellow, uh, both of them being Welshman. fellow Welshman. Joe Calzaghe had a, a tremendous career. But this guy, you know, the, the occasion never got to him. He just went in and, and done what he had to do, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And um, the way that Joe just timed that shot, it was amazing. Like, uh, you see the little flinch and uh, he just distracted his opponent. And all, that, that, that right hand that came through was... You know, nothing but perfect. So, uh, you know, it's a dream dream for anyone to... He planted, it, he planted his, his, his feet so well. And to do that in the second round yeah. of a world title fight says a lot about Joe Cody. And obviously, watching the build-up to the fight, as I just mentioned before, you know, people were saying, can you do what the likes of the Joe Calzaghe's have done? But from what you've seen of him, he's still fairly young. You know, he's not had more than 20 fights. He's now a world champion. How far do you think Joe Cordina is capable of going? I, I honestly think that Joe probably has the potential to become undisputed uh, in that weight category. Um, Joe's strong, obviously, as everyone saw, and he's super, super technical. I've seen some of his sparring videos. I, I know some of the people that have sparred him, and they said that he's he's like he's like hot fire, honestly. The guy is just untouchable when it comes to, to his movement and his, his boxing skills. They're tremendous. So... Um, from what we've seen already, you know, from that knockout and stuff, I think he's only going to get better. And like you said, he is still young. He's probably still got a lot more to achieve and uh, he still probably wants to go for all the rest of the belts within that division. And uh, yeah, I think he's only, what, what 13-0 now, 14-0? I think it's 15 or 16. 15, and 15 or yeah. 16. And you know what? That's still fairly early in his career. You know, a lot of the, the fighters can't get a world title shot up until they're, what, the 20th or 30th fight. And, uh, you know, um, he's been given that platform and he's absolutely smashed it. He's obviously gonna lived up to the expectation and like you said, uh having that kind of comparison to the likes of Joe Calzaghi 
it is quite pressurising uh, to, to live up to that kind of name. But um, Joe obviously went out there and done the business. What, one of the things that I really like about Joe Cordina is not only is he promoted by Eddie Hearn, but he's also coming from one of the best stables in boxing right now, coached by Tony Sims. And you look at that that gym, you know, you've got Conor Ben, Felix Cash, John Ryder. You've got some really, really good fighters coming out of that gym. You know, how much credit have you got to give Tony Sims? You know boxing well enough. Tony Sims has got a great reputation. How much credit does he have to take as well for what he's doing with these next proper fighters, including the likes of the Conor Ben's and the Felix Cash's? Because they're going to new levels now. Yeah, no, of course, absolutely. And... Uh... I think, you know, like you said, he's got a very strong stable and uh, he's put in some serious time and work into these uh, up-and-coming prospects and these up-and-coming boxers. Of course, you know, um, these guys, they've been to, to the Olympic stage, obviously, you know, Joe Cordina, you know, these guys, the old GB boys. Conor Ben, on the other hand, was someone that's been developed, you know, from, from his very first fight all the way up and uh, credit to him because he's taken people, the likes of, you know, Conor Ben and developed them into the monsters, the beasts that they are today. And uh, yeah, so it's one of those things, I think it works hand-in-hand. Some people say it's the boxer that makes a coach, and some people say it's the coach that makes the boxer. I honestly believe it's a bit of both, um, because of course, you know, you, a boxer in his own right has his own talent to, to go forward and has to put in that willpower. You know, it doesn't come, doesn't, you know, you don't have that kind of fame or that kind of uh, reputation just by just by sitting down and having a good coach. So you've got to put your own effort in. But at the same time, I think, you know, without a coach, without the right mentoring, without the right, you know, the right skills and right training, um, it's very difficult to reach that top level. So, yeah, credit to Tony also. People are now going to say, what's next for Joe Cordina? And for me, there's only one fight that stands out, and that's Shaco Stevenson. Now, when when I talk about boxing and I we, we speak about the next crop of fighters, I honestly believe Shaco Stevenson, for me, is going to be one of probably the best fighter in the world. Maybe not now. He is still a world champion. Mm-hmm. He's still fairly young. But I think in the next two or three years, this kid is going to be a huge star. Mm-hmm. That's a fight people want to see. We'd love to see Shaco Stevenson come to the UK. Firstly, your thoughts on Shaco Stevenson. And is that fight the best possibility for those two next? Yeah, um, I think uh, to your first question as to what I think of Shaco Stevenson, again, you know, the, the guy's like, a, he's a hot pepper, isn't he? When he's in there, in terms of his boxing ability, he is absolutely tremendous. Uh, his previous fight, who was against, who was he up against? Oscar uh, Valdez. Oscar Valdez. So again, that fight there, you know, just a pure boxing masterclass. He's really, really schooled him. And he said it also, didn't he? He said that, I'm not going to knock him out. I'm just going to toy with him the full 12 rounds. That's exactly what he did. He just he just boxed him the entire 12 rounds, gave him a full-on boxing lesson. Um, so, yeah, Shakur Stevenson's skills are amazing. Again, someone that, you know, um, I tune in to, to regularly. And, uh, yeah, I think that fight there for Joe Cardina is probably going to be the ultimate fight. So, if, you know, for that, for that weight category, I think... Everyone would want to see that kind of fight. It's yeah. sort of like the ultimate test as well yeah. when you think about it because as you mentioned, he beat Oscar Valdez but he also beat Jamel Herring before that. So he's yeah. got a lot of experience in these big fights. Um, you know what I think of, of Shaquille Stevenson? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, the guy that turned up to fight Joe, Joe Cordina last, last night, you know, it's unfortunate to him for what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure he would have liked a, a better outcome but he didn't. But let's just say that is the next fight that gets made. How does... How does Joe Joe Cordina beat Shaquille Stevenson, a guy that is you know tipped to become one of the next big faces in boxing, a guy that is going through the biggest names in that division one by one? Well, to be honest with you, um, I think he just Joe just needs to turn up the same way he turned up yesterday. Um, I, I read somewhere, I think it was uh, it was on Facebook that Joe needs to turn up as the best version of himself and be absolutely perfect for the night. And last night is exactly exactly that. He just turned up and, and he was perfect. So, you know, of course, Shakur's going to bring the A-game also. You know, no one's going to come to a world title fight and, and not want to win and, you know, bring the A-game. But at the same time, 
I think as you know uh, a fellow British citizen, obviously uh, I'd be backing Joe Cordino and you know I'd be rooting for him. And uh, in terms of skills and stuff, I think they're both neck and neck. Uh, you know, they've both got the skills to pay the bills. So, yeah, I think that'd be an awesome fight. There's another fighter in that division as well. Another another fellow Brit, Zelfa Barrett, who was on the same card last night, won the European title. A very, very good fighter. Massively improved. I mean, I remember a few years ago when he lost to Ronnie Clark at York Hall in 2018. And his I wouldn't say his career went downhill, but he... You know, it didn't work out with Frank Warren and he signed with, with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. I believe that was his fourth fight with Eddie Hearn. He's now a European champion. He, obviously, you, you've been in the sport for a while next. People will say first it should be British, then European, then world level. Now he's a, he's a European champion. Do you think it makes sense maybe to sort of put him in with Joe Cordina next? Domestically, yeah. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. I think domestically, it is a good look. Uh, I mean, you know, everyone wants to know who the best in Britain is before we, we probably want to look at a uh, who the best in the world is like uh, for you know me being a, a British boxer that's something that I'd like to see also definitely that would be a fight that would be um, a good challenge for for Joe Cordino <laughs> but yeah I, again it's one of those things that um, if Joe turns up the same way he turned up yesterday I think it'll just be a level too much for him but for Zelfa but at the same time you know there's the likes of uh, you know uh, I've trained with you know people like Yusuf Kamari that mm-hmm. also that same division and Yusuf, uh, he really brings that, that, that A game and, and he comes to fight and he's always an entertaining fight. You know, uh, his slogan is, you know, are you not entertained? And, you know, uh, he's one of those guys that does turn up, he brings the heat and he's got amazing skills. I've seen him in the gym sparring, I've seen him, you know, on the pads and on the bags and, and the guys, just uh, he's just tremendous also. So he really brings um, that domestic that domestic level, I think, for, for the rest of that division. Also, I think he's in the mix with those names also. Yes, yeah, exciting, uh, super featherweight uh, British domestic-wise. I believe uh, Kid Galahad is also stepping up in that division. Yep. Got Archie Sharp was another good fight. I'm a massive fan of Archie Sharp. So there are potentially some big fights out there, out there to be made. Let's let's move on now because obviously the the, the main focal point of the weekend was the undisputed clash in yep. Australia between... Um, That's right. Devin Haney and George Cambosas Jr. for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Yep. Um, I watched the fight very late in the morning. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get easy watching these fights late late morning, especially when you're when you're when you're thirty plus. But listen, that's what you do for the love of boxing. Yep. Uh, Devin Haney come out on top. He is now the eighth man to become the is the eighth fighter to hold all the belts in the four belt era. Devin Haney yep. won by unanimous decision last night by beating George Cambosas Jr. It, the fight for me never lived up to expectation okay. because I just felt that Devin Haney was on another level last night. Mm-hmm. That's no disrespect to George Com- Cambosas Jr. I think George Cambosas has got is uh, is he's, he's, he's got the heart of a lion. We saw that against Teofimo Lopez when even I didn't give him a chance of beating Teofimo Lopez. Mm. But in the end, Haney walks away with all the belts. What did you make of the the fight last night? His performance. So as well? similar to yourself, um, uh, you know, I'm at that stage now where I do have the love for the boxing, but um, uh, I wasn't able to stay awake to watch that fight um, purely because of the fact that I've, I've got a, a lot going on in terms of my own family and stuff. So um, I got up in the morning and, and I watched some of the highlights. And um, my prediction obviously was for Haney to come away from that fight on top, um, just box long and, and use his jab. And, you know, it came to light that that was the reason his jab won him the fight. And again, you know, Haney, you know, credit given with credit due, a tremendous boxer. I think he tries to emulate, you know, the likes of Floyd Mayweather. And uh, he does that quite well. Uh, Cambosis, I'm also a massive Cambosis fan. Um, his personality, his persona, his viciousness, the guy's just absolutely ferocious. And, you know, uh, I thought at the time, 
you know, prior to the fight, I thought, yeah, you know what, this might be one of those fights where if he is able to get on the inside, he's going to give Haney some trouble. But of course, like you know, uh, Haney, uh, being as skillful as he is, he was able to keep it long, keep jabbing him, keep moving, and and keep busy and just put on a boxing masterclass. So, yeah, again, another another fight that might not have to lived up to expectations for a lot of the people, but in terms of a boxing masterclass, I think Devin Haney just done exactly that point on boxing show. So, I, f- yeah. I think one of the main points we've got to take out of the, out of the fight out of the fight between those two is the fact that Haney's travelled all the way to Australia, which is Cambosis' backyard. Yep. There's question marks over whether his father will be present due to visa issues right here. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cambosis was playing a lot of mind games, you know, coming overweight as well the day before the fight yeah. at the weigh-in. Um, you know, he was, he, was very, um, he was very confident in the build-up to the fight in terms yeah. of the press conferences and the interviews, but Haney sort of just all put those little issues to a side and went in there and did put the performance on that he did. I think we need to look at that and think, you know what, this guy is definitely... He's easily in the pound for pound list right now, because of to go to someone else's backyard. We're not just talking like go to America. Go, he's gone all the way to Australia. How often yeah. do you see boxing shows in Australia? Yeah. For the undisputed fight, he knows that he is the judges might be against him, but he's just gone in there and he's put on an absolute masterclass of a performance. Now, the build up to the fight, I've spoken to a lot of people about, it and they say that we find Haney boring, but it's a results business. Yep. Do you think that Haney was sort of now looked to maybe perhaps? change his ways you know think he might become a bit more of an exciting fighter because now there's going to be some big challenges you know the likes of the Lomachenko's will he want to move up to super lightweight you know there's Ryan Garcia Gavonta Davis do you think that style that he has is going to be the style he carries out for the rest of his career would you like to see more of a a meaner side to him in the ring I think uh, from a fan perspective um, you know Everyone would want to see someone that's able to, to stand there toe-to-toe and, you know, put on a bit more of a entertaining fight where, you know, you're throwing a lot bigger punches. But here's the thing, Faisal, and, you know, being in the sport, it's all about hitting and not getting hit. And if that means that you have to keep it long and make sure no one comes near you, of course, because you don't want your, your brains punched out and, you know, taking unnecessary punishment throughout 12 rounds, if you have to keep it long and you have to keep it boring, then you have to do that just to ensure that you get the win. And I think now, more than anything else, when you're at that level, you have to be careful because when you're in there with the likes of Tank, when you're in the in there with the likes of you know some of the other names that you mentioned, you know Lomachenko and Teofimo, um, it's just so crucial. You saw it last night. Cordina put someone away within two rounds, and it's a world title fight. I don't think any of these guys that are up there would want to be put away that early. Of course, you know, you'd want to be able to to battle maybe into the later rounds and, you know, put on a bit more of a show. But Haney, I personally don't think he's going to go away from that and, and try and become someone that he's not. He's managed to get this far by using the skills that he's got. And I think he's going to continue to do so. Whether people find it boring or not, at the end of the day, he's doing what he needs to to get that win, to get that W underneath his, his, his belt. And, you know, he's got the resume. The resume speaks for itself. You know, he's been there... You know, with some of uh, the likes of what's his name, um, Jorge, um, the uh, the lightweight prospect, no, not prospect, sorry, legend. What's his name? Lenares. Lenares, absolutely. And obviously, mm. there was a question mark there within that fight when you know when he got rocked and you know he saw adversity, he came out on top. And I personally find that one of his uh, you know most entertaining fights where he did show a different side to himself, mm-hmm. where he started giving it, uh, and, and yeah, he, he came out prosperous and again used his boxing skills, kept on moving. And uh, yeah, if it if it works, 
you don't break, you know if, if it's not broken then you, you don't need to fix it do you so it's one mm. of those things if it's working it's working you don't need to come away and change for anyone especially if it's gone and just won you four world titles yeah. when you when, when you discuss the rest of that division and I know um, throughout the last year or so these guys are all getting compared to the next Leonard Hagler Hearns Duran era you know we've not really replaced that era in boxing you know these guys a lot of people say that these crop of fighters can be the next Leonard Hagler Hearns Duran era yeah. and the way he like sort of performs because obviously, you know, for me, Ryan Garcia's biggest test was Luke Campbell. Mm-hmm. Had to climb off the canvas in round two. Yep. We've seen, we've not really seen tank tested, but do you think these guys, the way the way Ryan Garcia fights and the way tank fights and the, the you know the endless for speed of Lomachenko, do you think these guys will bring out a, a different fighter in Devin Haney? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, when you when you put it like that, I think yeah, definitely they might be able to bring out a different. So I just want to disturb you because I honestly thought last night we'd get a different Devin Haney because of how Cambosas was against Teofimo Lopez. Because if you watch that fight back and forth, mm-hmm. it was just endless. Yeah. You know, those two guys from from minute one to the last second of the fight, they went at it. But yeah. we didn't see that last night. So does that not make you think that Haney's now sort of, if he can perform like that against a come forward fighter like Cambosas, he'll do it with the rest of the division? Yeah, and... Here's the thing that I mentioned earlier. If he's got those tools to keep it long and not get involved and make it work to his advantage, he's going to carry on doing so. And if he was able to do that against someone like George Cambosas, you know, who who was there, like you said, toe to toe with Teofimo the, the entire fight, and you know they they put on a an amazing fight. If he was able to take away those tools from him, his arsenal away from him, and just in other words, put on a masterclass, I don't see why he would change his game against anyone else. Mm-hmm. And and rightfully so, like, you know, it's just gone and won you four world titles. You you know you're you're undisputed now. Why would you need to go away and, and, and change your game? So, you know, again, hats off to him, and uh, he he put on a, an amazing fight. Because obviously, uh, we found out last night after the fight that there is a a rematch clause. Personally, wouldn't want to see a rematch, uh, but you have to discuss what's next. Now he, you know. The bad thing about boxing is you could have four different world champions in each weight category, but we're very fortunate to have one champion in, in this weight category. Yeah. The, the fight I want to see next is Lomachenko. I mean, I know he had an off night against Teofimo Lopez. He come back and did what he had to do against Richard Comney. I still feel, for me, that he's the number one man in that division because of what he's achieved and because of how long he's been doing it for. Yeah. Is that the number one fight next for Devin Haney or do you think we sh- this is the time when the Ryan Garcias and the, the, the Tank Davises need to now start to be getting into these world title fights? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like what you said uh, you know, prior to... Um about the the Duran era and um, you know the likes of the, the Leonard, so yeah, I think they all need to get in that mix up now because they're all equally talented. But listen, boxing's uh, it's, it's a business now, isn't it? You know, money talks, and it depends on you know who comes forward with what kind of um, you know contract and uh, what the negotiations are going to be in terms of who t- takes on what in terms of you know the the split of the fight and stuff. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think. Those names are definitely some of the top names in boxing and quite easily they could become the next four or the next five or however many they are in terms of the, the next gen. So I definitely think they're all equipped. They've all got the tools to, to put on amazing fights and they should definitely get it on, man. You know, there's no need to, to duck anyone or avoid anyone because people, aside from doing it for money and, uh, uh, you know, uh, building yourself a bit of cred, people want to do it for legacy. You know, the, mm. those the likes of the Haney's and the tanks, once they get up there, now that they won world titles, what's the reason for you to keep on going? The only reason that I could possibly see is it's legacy. You know, you want to leave behind a legacy for people to remember your name that, you know, we've never had uh, a tank again or we've never had a Haney again and, and so forth. And yeah, I definitely think they need to get 
into that mix and, and you know just start going out there and just start fighting each other just call each other right and just, just get it cracking Bro, Ryan Garcia's next fight is um, as it was announced uh, last week against uh, Javier Fortuna not sure what's going on with uh, Gavonta Tank Davis obviously there's still question marks over his future, where we'll commit with Mayweather promotions and the Leonard Ellaby's as well. But who is the number one man that potentially does take those belts off of Devin Haney? If you're looking at that division right now, who do you think the number one guy is? Personally, for me, I think it'd be Tank. I just I just think that Tank is an, an all-round fighter. Um, his fight last week, I don't know if you saw it against Roland, uh, Romero, yeah. Roland Romero. You know, Romero was saying that you know he exposed him and and uh, you know that he got uh, knocked out. Yeah, the yeah. Well, he was saying he exposed him and leading up to getting knocked out, he was out boxing him uh, and he was up on the cards and stuff. But I think that might have just been a part of Tank's plan. I think Tank knew what he was doing and like he said, he walked into it and he used that to his advantage. You know, they they had heated press conferences and. Uh, Through it, pushed him off the yeah, stage. Yeah, push well. him off, yeah, pushed him off the stage, and you know these, these mind games—they—they all—they all play a part, don't they? And he literally walked into it, and you see Tank stepping back, stepping back, and hoping that he'd come in, and it's just that, that money shot. It was—it was a lovely left hand, mm -hmm. and just put put him away. And for me personally, Tank's my favorite in that division, and I think Tank still, like, you know, quite easily. There's no doubt about it. He's, yeah. a, he's a phenomenal fighter. Yeah. You know, even Ryan Garcia is a good fighter. Yeah, well. of course, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for Ryan Garcia, especially after how he climbed off the canvas to beat Luke Campbell. But with me, I just think these guys, you know, and I don't want to diss them, but they're just more social media fighters these days. Mm. You know, you want to see Ryan Garcia fighting a lot, a lot more than he has done recently. I don't know why the the Garcia and Tank fight hasn't happened yet. I mean, I look at it, these guys. You know, are sort of probably at number three and number four in that division when you've got Haney as number one, number two is Lomachenko. Probably number three, that says Cambosas, and these two guys are at four and five. Mm. That's a great fight to make, in my opinion, yeah. is uh, Tank yeah. and Ryan Garcia. But obviously, they're both on sort of different paths now. I don't know why. Yeah. But being Devin Haney right now, back to the Lomachenko point, we all know Lomachenko is probably the overall guy of the division because of what he's done in boxing. You know, yeah. great amateur background. World champion in different different weights. Is that the fight Devin Haney should be targeting next? Thinking, do you know what? If I beat this guy, I can well and truly say, even though he's got all the belts, but if you beat Lomachenko, you can well and truly say, I've done it all now. I am demanding division. Yeah. Would you not think that's the case? Um. Well, it's subjective, isn't it? It's it's, it's a matter of down to opinion. To be honest, I think he's done it. I think he's he's, he's done enough now just to get up there and, and get his name out there. So it's Lomachenko and these guys that should be after him, not the other way around. I don't think. Haney needs to go out and start calling people out. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, they, they need to be on, on his case now because, again, he is the man now, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I do agree with you. You know, Lomachenko would definitely be uh, another great name on, on the resume. And, uh, you know, uh, Lomachenko is a wizard, isn't he? Like, you yeah. know, in terms of skills, the guy's just phenomenal to watch, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it'd be a good fight. But in terms of whether that would go and build his legacy and if he doesn't take that fight, people would say, oh, he avoided him. I don't really think that would be the case. But, yeah, like, you know, as a, as a boxing fan, mm -hmm. we want the top four or five guys just to get it on and bring back that era of, you know, Duran and Hagler and so forth. And it'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. But, again, it's a question of 
business does it make yeah. sense does it make business? sense yeah, yeah. Make sense where, where where's the money going that's who's, right. who's the eight? i know exactly see you know that's why i'm glad i got you down here because you because you sort of know like the the ins and outs of the sport um yeah. move on now we'll talk a bit about an announcement that got made last week um in the heavyweight division no it's not joshua Usyk. no it's not fury and you know any of the big names but it is uh, a big heavyweight fight that got announced for july the 2nd between uh, Huey fury and michael hunter in the last few years, I think when you look at the heavyweight division, maybe we have been focused on the main faces of the division. You know, you just had the big fight in Wembley between Fury and Dillian White. Mm-hmm. We're sort of waiting for that announcement between Joshua and Usyk for their rematch. But, you know, you look at it lately, um, apparently Ruiz and uh, Ortiz is a fight as well that's supposedly done. You know, you've still got some big names out there. Uh, Dubois got his fight with Trevor Bryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chisora Kowinaki is, is a fight that's meant to be happening. I'm pretty sure this year we're getting Joyce versus Parker, but I'm excited for this fight. Huey Fury and um, Michael Hunter, two good heavyweight fighters. Huey Fury's had a few defeats in his career. Mm-hmm. Michael Hunter's not been as active as he should have been, but your thoughts on the fight itself? Um, to be honest with you, well, I haven't really ever kept up with, with Michael Hunter, but uh, Huey Fury, um, again, someone you know uh, that um, has been in the sport for, for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And again, he's time and time again try to show why he belongs there in the heavyweight division and um, yeah you know I, I don't really know much about Michael Hunter but you know uh, any fight that Huey Fury is in obviously he tries to bring it and he, he wants to be up there with, with the big names doesn't he so yeah you know hopefully um, hopefully that fight gets made and, and you know Fury comes out on top one of the things that I always say in boxing that experience wins over anything mm-hmm. now he's lost three times in in, in in, uh, in this heavyweight division mm. he lost his world title fight to Joseph Parker which I thought was pretty hard done by I had him winning that fight mm. he's lost to Kubrat Pulev and he's lost to Alexander Povetkin mm-hmm. no shame in losing to those three yeah, fights all big names, they? he was yeah. young as well yeah, at yeah. the time yeah. but that what will that that what that does for his experience is that any other big fight he gets himself into i.e. this one yeah. he's going to have that sort of experience now going into this fight Absolutely. he's from a fighting family he's managed by Peter Fury who we all know uh, took Tyson to his first world title that masterclass performance against Vladimir Klitschko, but we we said about the defeats he's had, mm-hmm. but this surely now is probably the biggest fight of his career. This is the fight you can't afford to lose, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like uh, from what you're telling me uh, about Hunter, if this is the next step up and if this proves that he belongs in that division, then yeah, absolutely. You know, if he if he wipes the floor with him and, and then he can start looking at bigger things and start moving forward and then start calling out the you know the Joseph Parkers again and. Uh, you know, maybe have uh, Dylan White even in the, even in the mix. So, so yeah, absolutely. It's an exciting time for the the up and coming heavyweights. You know, that sort of next crop of fighters behind the likes of the Furies, the Joshuas, Usyks, and the Whites. You know, um, as I mentioned, you know, you got Daniel Dubois who's going to be challenging for a WBA regular heavyweight title against uh, Trevor Bryan. You know, but th- there's a win on July the second sort of maybe elevate him to beyond British level, or do you think if he can get past Michael Hunter, he should be looking at the likes of the the Daniel Dubois or the Dillian Whites. Do you think these fights are still big fights for him? Yeah, I d- definitely. Um, I think uh, on a domestic level, um, it's, it's not a case of whether you need to prove yourself to to the rest of Britain or, or to the rest of the world like that. I think domestically, if you can clean up your domestic division, then there's no question marks around you. You know, um, people won't turn around and say, oh, okay, well, hang on, should he really be stepping up to world level this soon? And, you know, does he deserve it? And so forth. Whereas if you do take on the domestic fights and you clean those guys up, one, obviously, um, it kind of tells you who's the best in Britain. And number two, from looking at it from a world perspective, then all of those question marks have been answered, haven't they? You've kind of walked through everyone and you've done what you needed to to get yourself there. Like, for example, 
Dylan White, prime example, mandatory for a thousand days. And um, yeah, like you know, he, he earned his, his stripes, his credentials. He walked through uh, a serious resume. You know, some of the guys that he put away was tremendous. He's got one of the yeah, best he, he, CVs out there, hasn't he? Dylan amazing, White? amazing. And uh, yeah, Dylan White, prime example. Like you know, uh, domestically, he, he literally obliterated through everyone. And coming from again from small old shows and and getting on the on the big platform and really being able to to push forward and push on and then get that world title fight against Tyson Fury, you got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? And uh, for some, I think a lot of people are happy that he didn't win that and that he got knocked out. Probably because he's a he's a lone wolf and the guy just pushes on himself, doesn't he? Can't you, you can't have hatred towards Dillian yeah, White? But he's done so much for the sport. He's yeah. been been around for so long and he's fought the the biggest and the best names yeah. and he's a warrior man and he'll yeah. come again yeah. uh, when, when we talk about Michael Hunter as another American heavyweight you know kind of like people have sort of moved away from the American heavyweights now since Deontay Wilder got dethroned by Tyson Fury yeah. um, what's your thoughts on the the, the the American heavyweight scene right now Do you, because we don't, Deontay Wilder supposedly said he's going to fight again but yeah. you know when you go through free grueling fights like that are you ever going to be the same fighter again maybe maybe not yeah. but do, is this now the right time to have a, a new face from the American heavyweight division, division given the fact that Jarrell Miller is sort of making a comeback now and people have their opinions of him and rightfully so but yeah. does this is this Michael Hunter's chance to say he is the guy from America to sort of take, represent the, the the division in terms of an American fighter no, listen like I said before Michael Hunter don't know a, a huge deal about him but um, I wouldn't say if he gets through Hugh Fury he can say that he's the man because really and truly how much of a challenge is it in comparison to some of the other big names in, in Britain um, to say that, you, you know, you're the man from America. Um, you've got the likes of Andy Ruiz still. Um, you've got the, you know, Oscar Rivas and uh, these other guys. So, you know, there is still um, a, a fair few names out there in the heavyweight division. But, like, you know, again, I think if you are able to come out on top, then you can definitely turn around and say that, yeah, I am, you know, a candidate that can mix it up there with some of the, the greats and, you know, some of the top names. It, but you know, I wouldn't say that by any means. You can say that you are the the man of the country if if you are still at that level. I think to get to that world level, uh, you know, it probably have to be the the, the Dylan Whites and um, again the Tyson Furies. Obviously, these guys have come away from boxing now. Tyson Furies obviously retired now, isn't he? And we don't know if Deontay Wilder is gonna gonna make a comeback. But yeah, I think I'd like to see um you know the Michael Hunter as you're saying um if he was to go up against people like Andy Ruiz and and again. Um, have a convincing win over him, then you could turn around and say, yeah, there's not really much of a people that I need to get through, and then that you know my name's definitely up there, you know, with the the rest of the greats or the the rest of the um the people out there that are within that same division. So yeah, um, obviously that's you know, um, that's a very good point you made there. You know, it, I mean, a win against Huey Fury does give him does do him a lot of good, but there are still big big names out there that he's going to have to go through yeah. if he does want to get to a world title shot. Yeah. Um, just before we, we speak about you and we discuss one more topic quickly because yeah. I know I haven't got much of your time. Unfortunately, yeah. you're a very busy, no, man. Please. No, no, don't be silly. Um, there's a rumor. Well, apparently we're going to get the undisputed fight at 147 between Errol Spence and Terence Crawford just after the summer. Do you believe now that finally going to it's going to happen? Yeah, I th I think it might do. I don't think there's much more for both of them to do. To be honest, they as you've seen, they've literally obliterated everyone, haven't they? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's not much more that anyone else can really offer them. And if the fight doesn't get made, oh, I'd be really disappointed because that's. Um, I'm sure you'd be ready to, to maybe go down a couple of weights, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's definitely I think the the ultimate fight 
as you uh, mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast, that's something that I think everyone would be tuning in on. That 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 Mayweather and Pacquiao. I, I'm, I'm going to put you right on the spot now. Yeah. Who wins that fight? Because I've been debating about it since I've heard Ooh. that it's likely to happen after the summer. So you got to give us an answer. Who ah, wins? Okay, they they they're both. Uh, in their in their own right, amazing, amazing boxers. Um, they're credit uh, to the sport, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they definitely are credit to the sport, and uh, I'm a fan of both of them. But for me, I personally think Crawford pinches it. Uh, Is it because of how he's sort of like climbed up a division after division, and he's? I'm not saying Spence hasn't been in big fights because he has. Yeah, I was there when he won the world title. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's because he's done it time and time. Is that why he's sort of slightly given to, given the edge over? Yeah, yeah, over de- yeah, definitely. That and also in it, terms of because if you said he was a better fighter than Spence, no, no, then no. it's just a bit no, of a harsh no, no, comment no, to no, make. No, it's, it's it? a very harsh comment to make, to be honest. And uh, uh, it's it's one of those things that you know um, you can't really pick sides unless you know you're, you're really involved in the sport and you just kind of go go with your gut sort of thing. But for me personally. I think Terence might just have that that skill level ever so slightly over him. Uh, he might just be a bit more technically able than him. But other than that, like if Spence, you know, if he wins it, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. It's be gonna be a great fight. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Do you know what? I know we've got Canelo Golovkin uh, free yeah, happening this yeah, year. Yeah, I know yeah, we're yeah. gonna get Joshua. Did for me this is the biggest fight of the year? Yeah. Probably the biggest fight. Maybe one of the biggest fights in this decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, yeah, do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, again, I know we're short for time, but congratulations to you. Thank Went five and zero last Saturday night. I yeah. couldn't be there because unfortunately I had to watch Liverpool lose the Champions League final. <laughs> but from what I've gathered on social media, very tough fight. Yep. Good opponent turned yep. up. Yep. I was there when you went four and zero though. Yep. Astonishing knockout. But again, experience more rounds under your belt. Absolutely, yeah. You know you've been quite active lately. Mm-hmm. Happy with the performance and the progression. Um, I, I got given news about the, the fight being confirmed um, five weeks prior to the actual okay. fight date. So again, five weeks is, is a long long enough time for, for anyone to go in and uh, have a six-round fight. But for myself, I was observing Ramadan. And then during Ramadan, uh, I felt quite poorly. I was a bit unwell. Um, so I couldn't train for about a week and a half. So literally from E-Day, I started training. And I had a solid three and a half weeks where I was flat out. I was literally training every single day. Probably took like three rest days in the three and a half weeks. Um, and you know, no excuses. Um, I, I, I turned up and uh, I, I done what I had to in terms of you know making sure I get that win. Of course, um, I, I know a lot of my fans that turned up they were expecting another knockout, but for me, you know, the ultimate goal is to make sure I get that W. Um, the opponent that turned up, Dean Wilkinson, he's been on on Frank Warren shows prior to fighting me. Um, he's very very active. I think he fights like two or three times in a month as as these guys do, and uh, he definitely turned up. He, um, he definitely gave me a lot of things to think about. And again, like you said, it was more so for the experience. I was actually thinking of just doing another four-rounder. But, you know, uh, my coach insisted that we go for the six-rounder and, and have something different uh, to add. Because if I went in there and, I don't know, blew him out of there within the first round, the second round, really and truly, I don't think I would have gained or learned much from that fight. Because he was a game opponent that, you know, that, that came to, to, to really press and, you know, came to win. He taught me a lot more. Than, than I, I could ever imagine in, in terms of like you know what, what I could gain from from a journeyman. So in terms of experience, it was really really good. It was a it was a tough fight. Um, in the first three rounds, I, I was very comfortable, but you know uh, I'd uh, won by a landslide within the first three rounds. In the fourth round, I got caught with a good shot, and uh, it rattled me. So it was the first time ever in my life that I'd, I'd been rattled. But you know, literally a few seconds later, I'd recovered, and you know I was firing back because I, I knew straight away. That you know that the guys got the edge over me probably within that round, and then come out the following 
two rounds and, and win convincingly. Of course, if the opening came of where I could have knocked him out, then yes, I would have. But for me, more than anything else, it was a case of, okay, it's a six-round fight. Am I going to be able to last the six rounds? Because, you know, you've seen it before with some of these names. They've gone in for, you know, a six-round fight or a fight. They fight so fight. often, they just... Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, some of these prospects, they're blowing some of these guys out of there within the first two or three rounds. So when they are tested within the eight-round eight fights, it's a case of, okay, the last two rounds, you see them fade. And I don't want to be at that stage of, you know, uh, of seeing myself fade. I, I want to know where I am. You know, if I get taken to deep waters, how would I be? Of course, it's still early in my career. I wouldn't really say it's deep waters, but it's a case of, okay, I've done the six rounds now. I've got the experience of six rounds underneath my belt. I know how to pace myself. Um, you know, my coach came away from that, uh, you know, that, that performance, and he was really happy that I was consistent in terms mm. of my stamina and my skill level throughout all six rounds. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's one of those things that we're learning on the job. And I, I never had a huge uh, amateur background. I had 20-odd fights. And... Uh, I won, I think, 12 fights at the time, and I'd never, ever been in a fight that was, like I said, you know, about uh, Yusuf Kamari prior to this. I'd never been in a fight that wasn't entertaining. I, I would have turned up to fight, do you know what I mean? It wasn't... I, I, I still remember when we used to go to Moss together and we used to go play football. I, used, I never thought you'd become a boxer. I have so much respect to you, man, for... Because you were never a big, big kid. Yeah. It was right. always like, kind of like myself. Yeah. And then when I see you, I find that you're you're into boxing and you're turning pros. Like, do you know what? Hats off to the geezer. And I, and I know you've you've had a tough time lately. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, so. But you've just you've carried on. You've kept on going. The the, the the pandemic, you know, family issues. Yep. How are you mentally still doing it? So be honest with you, um, it's it's my parents' prayers and the support that I have of the people that are around me. Because there's been many times, you know, that I've wanted to. Just, just pack it all up because I'm what I'm 26 years old now. Um, I stopped my amateur career at the age of 20 because, as you know, I lost my father at that time, mm -hmm. and you know there was uh, greater responsibilities at home. And then you know I, I always had that passion and that love for boxing. I always wanted to come back to boxing, and you know I wanted to go and and win tournaments and and go and really get my name out there. And uh, domestically, in terms of that, you know, in in my town and within the Bedfordshire region, you know, like I had a decent name in, in the amateur amateur background, but um, it was a case of what was more important at the time. And for me, of course, it was family. So when I got myself back into it, I thought, yeah, I'd probably go back and have a few more amateur fights and, and go and into these tournaments. But um, I was approached by, you know, um, a, a local manager and a, a local promoter. And, you know, they came to me and they said, that, look, we want you to turn over. You know, you're a fan favorite. You always come to fight. You've got that, that skill level and, and that bravery behind you where we think you're going to be in really entertaining fights. And, you know, there's not much happening in the amateur scene. I don't know whether they'd even predicted uh, anything about COVID or anything like that because, you know, um, COVID, I think, held a lot of the amateur boxing. Yeah, there, they. it did. So, um, yeah, so I turned over and, um, yeah, just, just perseverance and just trying to push on. And, of course, as you know, uh, I lost my mother during the pandemic. And for me now, you know, we want to carry on with life and, and it's one of those things where people live to try and please their parents. You know, I, I don't think that there's anyone out there that's around me that, that, that can say any different. Of course, people, they, they want to live for themselves, but more than anything else, they want to they wanna achieve success and they, they want to do great in life to make their parents proud. 100%. And just because my ones are no longer here doesn't mean I can't mm -hmm. make them proud. Do you know what I mean? There's more so of a reason for me to do it for them, you know, in their remembrance. But at the same time, you know, um, I've got a, I've got a 10-month-old daughter you know, I want to make her. Yeah, I'm So I want to make her proud, 
and, uh, uh, and you know the people that are around me you know people like yourself you're, you know you're there to support me and the times that I want mm. to pack it up you know I mean I'm not a not a bad looking bloke <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've got a, I've got a half decent job. You know, I came out with a, the first class honors degree in um, accounting and finance. Uh. I'm a finance analyst by profession, working for Tui. I do that alongside doing my uh, my professional boxing. So my nine to five is obviously as an analyst, and then um, I, I do boxing uh, as well as the the analyst job. But um, it's a case of we're still building. I'm 26. I'm trying to give myself another 10 years to really push on and see where we can get in terms of the boxing scene. And, uh, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but it's one of those things I'm developing each fight. I'm seeing myself getting better each fight. I'm learning on the job. You know, I'm going away and, and I'm meeting all of these great individuals and these great people that are just pushing me and telling me to, you know what? Yeah, they're sparring with Dillian White a few months ago, Yeah, you? yeah, I was, I was out in, in Portugal and um, in, the, in the Dillian White camp, it was really good. Um, he had a good few boys for, for me to move around and get a few rounds in, basically. And then when I'd come back, obviously, I'd got that knockout, so... It's one of those things, that, you know, uh, again, when you're going out there and getting these kind of exposures. What, and What's he like being, per- uh, being the day-to-day, with, not, 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 not as, a, as a fighter, but as a person? I've met him a couple of times, but it's briefly. As a person, uh, the first time I'd met him, I'd actually first met him at Neesden, at IQ Boxing, okay. uh, Boxing Club. And uh, he was really humble. I asked him for a picture straight away um, uh, because, because, obviously, you know, for what he's done for the sport and in terms of how he started off in the small hall shows. And, again, he doesn't have a massive amateur pedigree behind him you know he came away from kick, 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 kickboxing, kickboxing yeah. and obviously we know about the win that he got over Anthony Joshua in the amateurs, the amateurs. Um, but uh, again similar to myself I could kind of relate to him that he hasn't got a huge pedigree behind him and he's come in and he's hit the scene and he's hit, he's hit the scene hard and, you know um, he's made his trademark uh, within the sport of boxing but as a person he's he's hilarious man like you know uh, he's full of banter he's full of banter uh, he'd seen me out in Portugal and he'd recognised me straight away because he'd seen me in Nizden prior to that. And um, yeah, man, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a, a good person to be around. You know, his team's very friendly also. You know, again, they have that banter, that open banter. So if you can't take banter, I don't think they, those guys are your cup of tea. But of course, there was a lot of back and forth and stuff. And uh, uh-huh. was, You gave as good as you got. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. You can't be seen as the, as the, the weak individual uh-huh. amongst the predators as such. Yes. So uh, you got to give it back, man. you got to give exactly. it back. Even if you are the small guy in the stable. It's not a sport for the yeah. weak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. You, you said that maybe hopefully 10 years left yep. in, in the game. Yep. But I'm pretty sure that before you signed up to become a pro boxer, you had an overall target in your mindset. Yep. When you walk away from the sport, what is the what is the minimum you want to achieve in the sport? The minimum, uh, in terms of titles, uh, I'd say the minimum would be at um, British level. You know, to say that um, uh, a welterweight or a super welterweight uh, that was again a, a good prospect that came up again from not a huge amateur background and that managed to do well. So get to that British level as a minimum, and of course, like every boxer aspires. You know that that gets to that stage to then become world champion, but yeah, as a minimum, I'd definitely say uh, British Did, level. I saw Paul Webb saying that you know they should uh, do a boxer tournament for your weight category, and he was yeah. saying that you'd one hundred percent be up for it. That's an opportunity you've got to be banking on, surely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've had this discussion with a lot of people, and they've said there's probably a lot more risk than they reward to it because, of course, you know you've seen it yourself. There's bombs from left, right and centre, you know, those mm-hmm. guys, they're literally putting their lives on the line, not to say that you wouldn't do that in a normal fight anyway, but when you you're turning three up, rounds. three rounds, and you're super intense, it's bringing back the entire amateur side of things again, but the only difference is, 
you're sitting down in, in your shots a lot more. Um, you're a lot more calculated with the amateurs. I think it's very fast-paced and very aggressive. Whereas in the pros, you're loading up on the shots and it just takes one punch to change your entire life. And, not, you and not to forget, you've got thousands of people watching on Absol- some flat sports as well. Absolutely. And you know what? No one would want to walk away. I wouldn't say embarrassed the, because yeah, of it, course. Takes, it takes great courage to get in there in the uh-huh. first place. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that would definitely be an opportunity that I'd, I'd be willing to take up. Well, listen, inshallah, hopefully the big opportunities are coming your way. Ali, I can't keep you any longer because I know you've got a busy schedule. So thank you very much for jumping on. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I appreciate no it. It's a pleasure as always. Hopefully you're free for football next Friday. <laughs> um, guys, that's it for today's podcast. Again, please make sure you give Ali Malik a follow on social media. We'll be sharing the links below in the description. Hit that... Um, Hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for further notifications and give us a follow on all the social media platforms as well. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Ali, once again, bro, thank you very much for joining and thank you for watching Podcast 54 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast.